Trail and Ultra Runners, what is going on? What's happening? Welcome to another episode of the Coopcast. As always, I am your humble host, Coach Jason Coop. And on this episode of the podcast, we are going to have a very timely topic. And because I know many of you listeners out there right now are thinking about how to ramp up your training for your summer events. And one of the tools that you can choose to utilize is the use of one of your local training groups. I have used this as a coach from time to time with my athletes and sometimes it goes really well and at other times we let the training go awry because of the group. And in order to reconcile this and how to use group training effectively, I brought on one of our CTS coaches that just happens to be in this very position where she coaches athletes individually and she also works with athletes in a group setting. And this is CTS coach Michelle Foster out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And for those of you who do not know, you don't have the inside scoop, Fort Collins, Colorado, the sleepy college town of Fort Collins, Colorado has an absolutely kick-ass trail and ultra running scene. It is amazing. Every time I go up there, I'm absolutely blown away by how many people are out there enjoying the trails, how robust the race scene is out there. And Michelle's groups are a direct testament to that. And so what I wanted to bring out of this podcast is how she works with individuals in her group that are training for a myriad of different events. And what I want the listeners to get out of this is how they can take that information and then translate it to your particular situation out there on the trail. I love this topic. Like I said, I've used group training very successfully and at times unsuccessfully. And I hope by putting this podcast out there, you guys can learn what the pitfalls might be and also how to leverage these groups correctly in order to enhance your training. So with that as a bit of a backdrop, I'm going to get right out of the way. Here's my conversation with CTS coach, Michelle Foster. Before we get into things too in depth, and we're going to spend most of this time talking about how athletes can leverage various group runs in their area to better their performance and what some of the advantages are and what some of the pitfalls might be. But I, I think before we get too far into it, uh, just give a little bit of, of a quick background on yourself and the group that you uh, specifically are working with just to kind of like paint the picture of, of, of the athletes that you see and things like that. Yeah. So I've been running for the majority of my life to some extent my dad's a old track coach for at a small school for about my whole life pretty much um and so then i did some multi-sports stuff cross-country track and went to the university of wyoming and wasn't so much running there but tried to get a um biology degree in the end <laughs> did a lot of education degree stuff before I headed that way but um I came out to Colorado and just trying to get to see all the different natural spaces we've got out here I took up a lot of trail running and it's the area suited for it and did a lot of that completely isolated for probably like five, six years and finally decided I should actually get to know some of the people out here 
And so I started to make myself show up to some of the group runs we have because we've got a good, strong community out here. And and out here is where, just for the for Oh, the yeah. Yeah, Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay, perfect, so, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and did that for about a year and wanted to... So we had some people that were talking about trying to get some more women's specific runs going on. And a lot of that was more road focused, but I kind of raised my hand for the trail side of it because I like that more Um, and was thinking about what I felt we were lacking. And I felt I could offer something a little bit more high intensity focused and structured versus just adding another relaxed group run into the mix because I felt like we had plenty of that. And so the Tuesday morning women's trail speed building got started about three years ago. And so here's what I love about this. It's a group that splintered off from kind of another group with a very specific clientele is the word I'm going to use. I know they're not like clients, but a very, Mm -hmm. like a very specific group. They're all women. They're all trail runners. In addition to that, there's like a specific theme of it where you're doing some version of intensity. You're not going for a run and it's a social deal and it's always the same loop, which tends to be kind of the, the more common theme that we see with, with, with these groups. And it's, I don't know. I mean, it's not a, you know, it's not a unicorn or anything like that, but it is a rarity to have an entire group of women trail runners that all have, that also have this focus on, they want to do something more purposeful than an endurance run every time that you all meet. Right. Right. And I know that's something a lot of people are a little bit intimidated to start. It feels dangerous or they don't know how to do it properly. Um, and they just, it's helpful to have someone to tell them what to do if they're stepping outside of just go run for an hour. And we're, we're going to get into a little bit of the barriers and intimidation is one of those barriers. Mm. I think that a lot of women face when coming out on the trails, but before let's paint this picture a little bit further, right? What, what are the, can you generally describe some of the women that are in your group in terms of their experience and also say ability level, that's not the most important thing, but can you just like generally paint the picture of who's coming to the group in terms of beginners, intermediate, advanced, very experienced, very experienced trail runners, racers, quote unquote, things like that. And what they're training for too. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a decent mix. Uh, I intentionally ended up having it early in the morning right now it's at 5 30 a.m which is a lot earlier than i would prefer but we have a lot of moms with kids mm-hmm. that want to participate and evening runs just don't tend to work for them and so getting it in while everybody else is still in bed is <laughs> <laughs> helpful for them right because um, they're time limited right it's the only time of the day right. they can go do it right um so we have a we started a lot of the people were doing at most a half marathon distance, just wanted to try. And I think the idea of the group of women appealed to them, but also just wanted to try and add that 
more intensity into it. There were some people that have done it in the past, um, maybe did it like when they were in track in high school or something, but a good number of people who maybe did soccer that haven't had that kind of structure. And so we have a, like some of the people are really fast, but just don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) I find that's the case with a lot of women, right? They're, they're really, Mm -hmm. really good, but they just don't know it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think over time, because it's trails and we've got some really good local ultras around, we have started to get more people trying to push up to the like marathon distance or even trying their first ultra because there's something to be said for just seeing other people kind of like you doing it versus just seeing pros. 100%. I mean, you also have a great community there, as you mentioned, that's already been established. Uh, Nick Clark and his NAR runners uh, have been out there for a long period of time. They put on a number of great races, but the, the, the scene that I'm trying, the scene that I'm trying to unveil here is, is that you get a little bit of it all, right? You have people that are just getting into trail running, just get probably just getting into running people that are focusing on shorter, more traditional distances on the trail. And then also people that are pushing up into the ultra marathon and they're all coming into this singular focal point of a group run. And what I want to know first and foremost, from a, from a coaching perspective, and this isn't indifferent to anybody else's club run or uh, running store run or weekly staple or whatever, you get all these people from all different walks of life that are training for vastly different things that have all different types of experiences. You're the person that has to determine kind of what to do every day, right? how do you distill all that down into, okay, we're going to take this big group and we're going to do this thing or these things. Like, what does that, what does that process look like? Are they all doing the same thing or is it slightly different or how does it work? So I've based it all on effort and time versus pace and distance so that it is a little bit more flexible. I, and if you feel like you have to go some exact time to match, match everybody else, I think that puts some pressure that some people aren't quite ready for. And we're just out on a trail. So it's not like we have, you can stare at your Garmin, but it's a little bit hard to make it really specific anyway. So we go out usually kind of in a loop. And once we do our warm up, I set the prescribed amount of intervals and recovery and what intensity I want people to try and aim for and just say, go whatever you feel you need to do to hit that. So we do spread out a little bit. And what, what's like the strategy that you're using for the actual prescription though? Is it more just random because, you know, they're all going to improve off of something or does it get periodized throughout the year? And where I'm going with this is, is ultimately we're going to talk about some of the advantages and disadvantages of everybody doing this kind of like group kind of group style training. But, but when you're, when you're sitting down in the morning or however you actually plan it out throughout the month or whatever, what strategy are you using to say, okay, on Tuesday, I'm going to do exactly this. And then next Tuesday, I'm going to do exactly the, the exact same thing or exactly that something different. Like how, how are you actually formulating that? 
so I've been doing it the last year and a half or so more of a block training. Um, it used to be a little bit more loose as I got it going and I wanted to dial it in a little bit more because there was, like you said, to an extent, if we're just doing the intensity, if you haven't been doing it before, you're going to get some benefit yeah. from that. Yeah. Um, I have people now who've been doing it pretty much every Tuesday for three years. So they're kind of beyond that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mentioned in our runners earlier and uh, we have a lot of people that are signed up for some of those NAR runners races. So what I have been doing is structuring the blocks out to accommodate some of the big NAR races. So right now we've been aiming towards the quad rock 25 and 50. I've got probably at least six people signed up for quad rock 25 that have been coming to most of them. Um, I think I'm alone 50 right now, but um, <laughs> the tr I'm doing this about the same amount of interval work as them anyway for the 50. Um, and so, yeah, it, not everybody is going to be doing that same race and it might not fit exactly for their schedule, but that's kind of one of the limitations about making it a wide net. Not everybody is going to have it exactly fit their race plan but i think you can get it pretty close yeah and typically it doesn't matter a whole lot until like the last three to maybe six weeks so we're we're recording this the very first day of march a lot of the a lot of the events that you're talking about are coming around in june and july and right now, whether you're doing a 50 miler in July or a hundred K in August, the, the programming is going to be remarkably similar. And so you can get away with a lot of the non specific nature of it, right. Or at least the non individual nature of, Hey, you are exactly training for this just because it's so kind of generalized. But then when you get into like tapering weeks and specialization phases and things like that, that's when it, when it kind of, when it kind of really matters. So we, we've been teasing this a little bit. The, the theme of this is going to be, what are the advantages and disadvantages and how, pe how people can really use these group runs in their area to their biggest advantage. And I mean, I can speak with, from my perspective as, as a coach, I'd say 80% of the athletes that I've ever worked with has, has had something like this available to them. And half of the time they can leverage it to greater success. And the other half of the time, it's kind of a coin flip. You got to either like give it some boundaries or some guardrails. Otherwise it starts to go off the rails, right? So if you do the math, right, 75% of the time you can make it a win and 25% of the time you can, it, it can actually, it can, can actually go off the rails. And I, I want athletes to come away with, from this podcast with a little bit of a toolkit, so to speak on how to how to navigate these things in their area such that when they do come up they can use it for the right reasons and not and not kind of have it go off of the uh kind of go off of the guardrails um we're going to start with a theme that you mentioned right kind of from the get-go is that a lot of people are intimidated or have some sort of anxiety revolt that revolves around joining one of these groups in the first place 
And that anxiety can come from a number of different aspects, right? They're either not going to be good enough or it's not going to be specific enough, which is what we were, uh, which were what we were just talking about. What do you find being in this group every single week and having new people come in and come out uh, in terms of what would you tell the new person that has a little bit, that has a little bit of trepidation joining one of these to kind of get them over the hurdle? Like part of it at the beginning is it's just going to be uncomfortable. There's not really anything you can do about that unless you're the most extroverted person who just doesn't (laughs) care. I'll admit part of the reason I started the run is because I am awkward socially and having a run on the schedule and some kind of structure makes it safer. And so I know what I'm going to get and there might be new people and it might still be intimidating, but at least we're all there for the same thing. Um, And if there's other people in the group that already know each other, I know it can maybe feel clickish, but you also kind of have to give people time to know you as well, because everybody there might be dealing with their own discomfort with introducing themselves to someone new, even if they're trying to be friendly. And especially for something like these group runs where we are introducing a new kind of stimulus, people who've been doing it for years are probably going to be a little bit faster than you initially, or we're doing it wrong. And there's not really much of a reason for you to show up in the first place. We have this, we have this situation. We have a very similar situation in our camps where I, I, I'm the recipient of all of the questions when people are inquiring about it. And we get the stereotypical, how long is this run going to be? How much vertical is there? I come from Florida and our camps are in Colorado Springs, 6,000 feet. You know, am I going to experience altitude sickness and kind of like on and on and on. Those are the stereotypical ones. But the, but the one that's actually the most common is, am I going to be the slowest? And I get that question from at least half of the athletes that are coming to the camps. So that should tell you, that should tell everybody who's listening, every half the people think that they're the slowest, but statistically speaking, there's only one person that's going to, that's going to be the slowest. So it's probably not you. And even if it is you, it's not that big of a deal. So what I always do is I just raise my hand and say, listen, I'm always going to be the slowest. I'm going to be the last person in the group. I'm going to be bringing up the caboose every single day. I'm going to be sweeping the course. So nobody has to worry about being the slowest, the least experienced, whatever, you know, ist there actually is out in the group, I'll take that responsibility on myself to, to, to cover that role within the, within the confines of this particular camp. And a, and a, and a training group is very, very similar where a lot of people are, are intimidated by it because they think that they're going for whatever reason, they think that they're going to be the last person up the climb or the last person out the door or the last person to finish the interval or whatever. And typically that's not the case, but even if it is, it's not the worst thing in the world. I know we have a tendency to think everybody's looking at us and judging us, <laughs> but they're not. And, <laughs> and most of the time we're just worried that we need to keep pushing harder. So we're not the one that everybody's looking at. And like you said, half the people are saying I'm too slow for this. And if I could ban any word, it would be too slow yeah. because I, I don't, 
I, I feel like slow is the new four letter word. I just want thrown away. But if all, if that 50% of people saying they're too slow and opting out all showed up at the same time, then you've, got half the group that's probably in a similar pace range (laughs) and if you want a group to look more like you it doesn't help the situation to remove yourself from the group a group's going to start to mold to fit the people who show up every week and if you start getting the more experienced people who maybe naturally are a little bit faster because they are more experienced and are putting in that commitment every single week to join the group, the group is going to cater to that. Right. Like attracts like, right. And you see that in a lot of, you see that in a lot of training groups where they bring people that are more similar to themselves into the fold. And gradually that sphere of diversity, right. Starts to get wider and wider and wider just because you've got, just because you've got more people. So while at the very beginning, it might be a very narrowly focused group, let's just say an ultra trail running group, right? Simply because, simply because of the size principle, the more and more people you add, you're going to get more traditional trail runners. You're going to get some road runners that kind of come in there. And so you kind of create diversity just by the, by, by the group size in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Okay. So let's kind of get down to brass tacks, like what you notice, cause you've had an ample amount of time to see these athletes develop from when they first came into the group through a race, through the season, through the next season, through the kind of the season after that. And like you mentioned earlier, you're getting some people that are like, kind of like aging out or experiencing out is the better way to put it uh, of, of, of the group itself. Can you describe why group training can be so powerful for people? Like what are, what are the material advantages for somebody who's training on their own to look outside of, and this is what I do. I wake up every morning earlier than five 30. So I couldn't make your group. I wake up every morning and I pretty much train for myself for 90% of it. But what would be the advantage of somebody like me, somebody who's in that kind of situation to look outside of their own sphere, what they're doing every day and say, you know what, I'm going to go and do a workout every week with this one particular group. What are the material advantages there? I mean, one of the biggest ones is if, you feel like people expect you to be there. You actually go out and do it. Mm, compliance, right? That's always the biggest, that's always a big thing with those coaches, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that consistency over time, even if you're just showing up and doing an easy job with everybody, you're still going out and doing something. And I mean, I'm pretty good about doing that day after day, but a lot of people aren't. And that motivation, knowing that there's a bunch of people there can get a lot of people out the door. And with this interval stuff specifically, when it feels like a harder lift to do it, it can be easier to just skip it all together <laughs> than, than face it. And usually once you're going, it's not that bad. And it's actually kind of fun. Like everybody feeds off of each other's energy and gets that pumped up feeling and you finish it laughing, even though you hurt all over Mm. (laughs) and it, um, and just that being there around the other people, like I know, especially trail running, 
I mean, I average two to three group runs a week, so I have the one I lead, but I'm usually going to a couple others. You're like a serial uh, group run person, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I'm on that. So I'm on the <laughs> now running team. And so I get, I end up hosting fairly often. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm still doing over half my runs alone, but it, there's something about being out on the trail for hours that gets you talking to people that would feel strange if you were just sitting in a bar or something like i don't know you don't have to look at people while you say things about it and it's funny one long run and you suddenly know somebody's life story that you met earlier that morning yeah like um, alcohol can be a truth serum but the running can uh -huh. be a truth serum as well same concept right. <laughs> right and so you really do build a sense of community somewhat quickly i would say and i would even compared to road running because i've done some groups with that as well i don't know if it is the i don't know something about being afraid you might get eaten by a mountain lion yeah. <laughs> like that brings people together i don't like i feel like the group pull is a little bit stronger on trail runs I, when i how i said i started my group there were road running things starting at the same time and they just didn't have the same longevity mm. And I don't know exactly why, but there is something about trail running that really makes people like even the race setting is a little different. Well, than just I've noticed the same thing. And the, the one thing that I can really pin it on is this component that I actually just wanted to get into now, this specificity component, because for whatever reason, road runners just put a heightened lens on specificity. I'm training for this very particular 10 K or I'm training for this very particular marathon. And if the architecture of this group doesn't exactly fit that they kind of get, you know, they kind of, you know, put their nose up in the air and say that, you know, it's not kind of meant for them. Trail runners have this more just generic sense to them for, for, for whatever reason. But the real reason I wanted to go over specificity is this concept that you mentioned earlier, where people get a lift by training in a group out of their specific or out of their hard workouts. They're either going to do a bigger volume of hard work, either due to the construction or the compliance. Like if you look at volume over the course of weeks, but the workload tends to, tends to be greater. And that tends to, that tends to provide an overall fitness benefit to that particular athlete that I feel in many cases, most cases, supersedes whatever amount of precise specificity that you could put on that athlete's program. So let me give you like a practical example. Like I, I have a lot of runners that train with the, uh, San Francisco running company, uh, group run on the weekends and that run is on Saturday and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's just a run. It's not a interval workout or anything like that, but it ends up being an interval workout because everybody just hammers. I mean, it is a total hammer fest. And finally, over the course of years, like I've gotten to like analyze, like all the files that have kind of come from that, it ends up being a threshold workout or what we call tempo. I mean, they're going tempo up the hills The climb is 40 minutes or 20 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. And they're kind of going a little bit easier down the hill and they repeat it up the next climb, repeat it up the next climb. And the amount of volume that they could do at that intensity is usually in excess of what I would prescribe during the week and in excess of what they would do on their own, just because it's too hard. 
So I would just prescribe one workout a week, especially in a tempo phase. And the second workout of the week would be this group run. And it ended up coming out in the wash, if not a little bit better. So it, it, this, this, this concept of you get a, one of the advantages is that you get a lift on all of the hard components that you're doing. And that lift is likely more important than the specificity side of things, especially if you have some sort of overall smart architecture, I think is a big, big advantage for athletes that want to, or are thinking about training in groups. I think that also to an extent can potentially be one of the disadvantages of the group training because people start racing everything and I, (laughs) and it does make me understand how people can feel too slow to show up because of if everybody is sprinting it, then if you are on that lower end of things, it does feel like a big lift. Um, I've had it be a bigger issue on some of the longer training runs because people are going out and, making a 20 mile run into a threshold run. And then you either burn out or the next day you're just crawling on the floor. Um, It's also in the past made me feel like maybe I wasn't ready for a race that I was perfectly ready for. Mm. Because if you see people who have successfully completed it in the past doing these runs, you feel like you might not be enough. So trusting the training you're doing can be scarier sometimes in that type of situation, especially if you have a wide range of abilities. Um, when you, when you prescribe the longer endurance runs for your group or in that kind of setting, are are you, do you think that you have to conscientiously like put some parameters around it and be like, Hey, you guys like, or hey, you gals, <laughs> let's let's just make let's all like be a little bit kinder to ourselves today. Let's not beat each other up. You're just going out there for a run. Let's run easy. You don't have to hammer up every hill. Like, do you have to like feel that you have to sort of guide that a little bit, or does it more naturally happen? That is something that I personally have put some extra effort on trying to make it so all those runs, yeah. especially if you are trying to do the ultras. Um, not all need to be 30 miles long for one, (laughs) especially like I've tried to emphasize it more by number of hours out there, especially when you're training all winter and it's horrible conditions out there. Um, Feeling a pressure that you have to, especially mileage, if not pace that you have to get some certain exact amount of mileage in or you're worthless. (laughs) I get that can put a lot of stress on people. And if you have people who are running 10 minute miles out there versus, I mean, even me, who's going to be doing a lot of 20 minute hikes out there this time of year, this, the volume you can get in is different. Yeah. So what are some of the other pitfalls that you see people come to your group with in, in terms of like how they might be able to succeed better. Like they come into your group and they've already gotten over the intimidation hurdle of, I'm not going to be the slowest person. I'm going to, you know, be able to interact socially with these people and things like that. After they have gone through that. And aside from the thing that we've already mentioned, which is just making the endurance runs too hard. 
Are there any other big pitfalls that people need to watch out for when they are coming into these group settings? One of them I could say is if you're not being consistent and you are trying to keep up with the group, your load can start to kind of get away from you and you do risk that injury a little bit more. And I know I give a range and do have a like easier option Mm. with less intervals most days, but because you have a group, I think a lot of people feel pressured to do the whole thing, even if it's maybe not (laughs) the right decision for them personally, there's not like people will leave early because they have to be somewhere, but not usually because they don't think they should do the full amount of intervals. Um, so that volume would be one of the big things. It's the same thing. It's the same peer pressure from the intensity, right? It's peer mm -hmm. pressure, peer pressure from the intensity just makes the workout too hard peer pressure from the volume can make the volume inappropriate for that athlete. I think it's the same thing. It's just manifesting in different outcomes from a training perspective. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big things I would say. Um, and still there has to be a sense of the athlete is going to this. And especially when, which, and this is the case now more often in trail running than it is in marathon running. So the analogy to marathon running is everybody's running the Boston Marathon, right? There are these big, huge groups in New York City that train for the New York City Marathon, Boston train for the Boston Marathon. The group that you mentioned, you painted, you, you, you did a very good job of explaining this where, yeah, most of them are training for one or two races, but r- the reality is, is there's probably a dozen or so that if you went through every single person, there's, you know, a dozen or maybe even 15, you know, races that are, uh, that, that are represented. And the reason that becomes important is the athletes coming to it need to realize that they need to realize that everybody is on a slightly different program in terms of what they were training for. And even if they were training all for the same thing, they would still need to tailor certain things towards them individually following the principle of individualization. And so I would kind of view this one of the other pitfalls of, of, falling into a group is the lack of individualization that manifests itself in the architecture that you just mentioned, right? Everybody's kind of doing the same workout and said that, Hey, that might supersede some sort of specificity or individualization. But on the days that you're not training with it within the group, those are the days to individually do or specifically do the things that are more tailored to you. That's the way that I've always approached it with, with my athletes that, that do like to go and train in these groups and you just give them the group run. I don't really interfere with it all that much, except for maybe putting some guardrails around the intensity and around the volume. And then the rest of the days of the week, you've got unlimited flexibility to work with. Yeah. That's one of the big things that I personally do and have prescribed. Like you said, if you know, that group run is going to turn into a threshold run. I'm not going to stack other intense workouts onto that. I just account for it and it becomes part of the structure. Um, On the other side of that too, like, especially since I'm leading these groups and do it year round. So if I'm tapering, I'm still there. I I made some people cover for me after the hundred miler, but (laughs) I am. I will show up and I'll just run the pace I need to run that day. Yeah. But if you, but that requires a certain amount of self-control 
And so maybe you need to not go to the run for a few weeks if that's the case or accept the fact that you can maybe take it easier a few times and nobody's going to judge you. Um, so that, yeah, like not feeling like you have to run something, you know, you shouldn't. Right. Because, because you don't have to get suckered into what everybody else is doing, right? You're still a, you're still a grown adult. We're talking about adult group training right here and not, you know, teenage, you know, high school training or anything like that. You're a grown adult. You could do at the end of the day, you could do whatever you want to do. You could show up. And this is what I think a lot of people don't realize. You could show up to the group, say hi to everybody and do something completely different or half of whatever everybody else is doing or a little bit more of whatever, what everybody else is doing and still have a really cool experience and meet all of your, whatever other training goals that you actually have. Exactly. Exactly. I, I know I've had some runs where everybody was just running up a big hill, but I chose to do intervals that day and said hi to people at the start jog back down with everybody and, and nobody cares time. yeah nobody no. cares people and there's they'll still socialize with you things like that they don't think that you're the weirdo they're just like okay cool we'll talk to her later <laughs> right right okay so we're gonna wrap this up give the listeners like the big pit pitch like you're an advocate for this right you're also an advocate but you're also a serial group training person right <laughs> right <laughs> and like me and i can tell because you get this big smile on your face right now it's just something that you get a lot of joy out of and i think a lot of other people get a lot of joy out of as well yet the yet there are still some people out there that for whatever reason haven't experienced like the joy and the enjoyment that you can get out of doing some of these some of these group runs so for those for those people that are listening out there that are thinking about it, I'll let you have the last word. Like, give them the big pitch on what is so great about it. I mean, in my viewpoint, with the whole sport, it's like diversity is a strength, and the more people we can have out there, like the better it's going to be for everyone, and especially if you have local races and a local community that you can be a part of for years, I was doing those races, getting to the finish, getting my free beer and just looking at faces that were vaguely familiar because they'd also done those races. And now that I have gone within these group runs and the community, it's just elevated the whole thing to this whole new point that it wasn't before to the point that I'm now coaching and spend pretty much all of my free time doing this stupid stuff. But like, it just feels good to know people out there and to really feel a part of it. And if you are feeling pressure or like you don't belong, I think most people actually be really happy to see you there if you give it a go for several weeks so that you do become one of those familiar faces because everybody's happy to see somebody else enjoy the sport because it's something we love and it feels good to see somebody else who loves it just as much as you do i couldn't agree more community elevates everything it elevates your enjoyment of it 
elevates other people's enjoyment of it. It's this big flywheel that continues to get bigger and more massive and have more momentum the more people join it. And trail runners just happen to have a great community to, uh, to, to leverage. So for the listeners out there, I would encourage anybody, if you do have these groups in your area, go ahead and check them out. Michelle, can you tell the listeners a little bit more specifically about how they could get in touch with you or go join your group if they happen to be listening to this in that area? So to get me specifically, the best way would probably be Instagram at every forward step endurance, one big long run on word. Or if you're more local, get on the Facebook group, Fort Collins Trail Runners. All the events are posted on there. My face is up there every week, bugging people to come run Tuesday mornings, as well as we've got about right now, three other regular group runs every week that people are happy to go to. And I know there's some trail sisters stuff out there too, but yeah, Fort Collins trail runners. Here's what I, I, I can't let this podcast go without mentioning this specifically with the Fort Collins trail running scene. It's not that big of a community. Like Fort Collins, Colorado is not a huge city or anything like that. It's not as big as Colorado Springs. And yet you have so many trail running groups and trail running opportunities of all, all different types and all different varieties. And that doesn't happen by accident. That happens via people that are coming together and intentionally catalyzing the community and spending every single group run and every single run that they're doing <laughs> like yourself, putting, putting these things on and organizing it. And I just think it's cool because, you know, it, like I said, I've lived in, I've been in a lot of running communities and Fort Collins has got something special just with all the thing, with all the, mainly with all the people that they have there that are, uh, that are, that are activating these things and just fostering, uh, just an incredible community. So I think it's cool. That's why I wanted to bring you on the podcast because you're a big part of that ecosystem. Thank you for what you do. And, and on behalf of the community out there, I'm sure they would thank you for what you do as well. Yes. Thank you. All right, folks, there you have it. There you go. Much thanks to Michelle for coming on the podcast today. And also big shout out to Michelle for starting those groups out there. It's a really incredible story. And as I mentioned during the intro, Fort Collins, Colorado is just off the hook in terms of their participation and how robust the trail and ultra running scene is out there. And it is due in large part to people like Michelle for serving as catalysts for all that enthusiasm and for all of that growth. Thank you to each and every one of the listeners out there. For those of you who haven't caught on and you longtime listeners, there has been a little bit of a subtle nudge with the content that I have put out recently. I've been bringing on our coaches, uh, our CTS coaches more and more frequently as of the last few weeks. And that is my subtle attempt to get you to sign up for coaching. Right now is the time we are always taking on new athletes with our absolutely incredible group of coaches. It does not matter your experience level. It does not matter what you are training for. We have the right coaching solution for you. So if you are interested, you can go ahead and check out trainright.com forward slash ultra running where all of our coaching packages are, or 
you can just send me a direct message via any one of the social media channels and I will get the ball rolling for you and get you matched up with the right coach for you. So if you think that coaching is right for you, go ahead and check us out. That would mean a lot to me. Appreciate the heck out of each and every one of the listeners. And as always, we will see you out on the trails. Thank you.